Go ahead and turn to Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel chapter 22. Our nation, the national debt is bearing us. Some consider the Bill of Rights to be a racist, outdated document. It's no longer relevant. We're caught up in spending money in proxy wars in Ukraine and Israel while communist China patiently waits on the sidelines. We're crumbling from within with drug use. Drug overdoses are spiraling out of control. There's all manner of pornography available to every age person at just the click of a computer screen. There's a lack of respect in our world for marriage with the high rates of divorce, of many living together, of children being raised without fathers. There's a disregard for the value even of raising children with uh, easy abortion or uh, looking upon children by many, having children even seen by many as being a bad thing for the environment. So be a good person and do without kids. We have illegal immigrants flooding into the nation we have, in many places, lawlessness and a lack of law enforcement or a lack of prosecution in, in many cities. There's shootings, there's suicides, there's the mindless approval of transgenderism. These issues are so immediate and pressing that things like climate change, inflation, nuclear war, alien invasion, those things shouldn't even be on the radar when we have such other things so close to home. And when we hear about earthquakes and volcanoes and floods and asteroids and hurricanes, it would only seem that the nature is rebelling against the wickedness of mankind. What hope do we have? What should we do as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? In Psalm 11, it says, When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? And then it says, the Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord is on His heavenly throne. We need to remember that God is still God. And He's still on His throne. And that has not changed. And that never will change. He observes the sons of men. His eyes examine them. The Lord observes the righteous. But on the wicked and those who love violence, His soul hates. On them He will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. A scorching wind will be their lot. Today, we need mighty warriors to stand up. Today, we need spiritual mighty warriors to be courageous. Ezekiel was a prophet about the year 600 B.C. He was in exile in Babylon while there were still Jews living in Jerusalem and Judea who would be exiled later when the temple was destroyed. But uh, he, he says this about the people in chapter 22 in verse 23, again, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, say to the land, you are a land that has had no rain or showers in the day of wrath. There is a conspiracy of her princes within her like a roaring lion tearing its prey. They devour people, take treasures and precious things and make many widows within her. Her priests do violence to my law and pro my holy things. They do not distinguish between the holy and the common. They teach that there is no difference between the unclean and the clean. And they set their eyes to the keeping of my Sabbaths, 
so that I am profane among them. Her officials within her are like wolves tearing their prey. They shed blood and kill people to make unjust gain. Her prophets whitewash these deeds for them by false visions and lying divinations. They say this is what the Sovereign Lord says when the Lord has not spoken. The people of the land practice extortion and commit robbery. They oppress the poor and the needy and mistreat the alien, denying them justice. The land had a leadership problem and talks about this. The princes and the officials, the government. It had a leadership problem. The priests and the prophets, the religious leaders. And it affected the whole land so that the last word said, Last verse said, the people of the land were joining right in along with them to get what they could, to grab what they could. And then it says in verse 30, I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy it. But I found none. But I found none. Looking for a man to build up the wall and to stand in the gap. To be there in the opening, in the gate, to turn back the battle. You know, in war, great things have been accomplished when a few men stand in the gap. History is full of such things. 300 Spartans at Thermopylae held off tens of thousands of Persians for a long time until the rest of Greece could get together and prepare to deal with this invasion. 185 Texans at the Alamo held off the Mexican army until the rest of the Texans could get their army together and prepare to do battle. In the Battle of the Bulge in World War II, on the first day, there were 18 Americans in a place called Lanzarath in Belgium that held off thousands of Germans for the whole day, stopped their advance, gave the rest of the army time to get together and deal with it. Eighteen Americans did that. Gideon's 300 defeated 120,000 Midianites, as the Bible tells us in Judge, Judges chapter 8. Great things are accomplished when somebody's willing to take a stand, to build up the wall, to stand in the gap. A city could be defended if the walls were strong and tall, and any gap, and any gate, any breach was well defended by mighty warriors. And God wants mighty spiritual warriors to take a courageous stand. How do we stand? Isaiah was a prophet about the year of 750 B.C., he spoke to Ahaz, the king of Judah, the father of Hezekiah. And he told him, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And a few verses later, he said, God's going to give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son. And they will call his name Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. If you do not stand in your faith, you will not stand at all. We need to stand in faith. Not faith in faith. Not some vague idea and some hopeful belief. 
Not faith in faith, but faith what? Faith in one God. The God of the Bible. Faith in what? A God who has created all things. Gives us purpose. Gives us direction. That it's not a matter of evolution and chance and do whatever you feel like. And the majority make up the moral code. And the majority shift back and forth on what is true. Instead, go in with the fact that the Bible is true. That it is powerful. It is a living Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. To know the to stand in faith that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only Savior. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, said Jesus. Peter said, There is salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Isaiah 43, verse 11 says, I, I am He, and besides me there is no Savior. God alone is our Savior. His Son, Jesus, alone is our Savior. You stand firm in the saving Gospel for yourself, for your own life. Galatians 5.1 said, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Stand by faith. Be able to say, I am, I have believed in Jesus Christ. I put my trust in God and I know I am forgiven of my sins. I know I'm born again. I'm a new creation in Christ. That I've died to sin. That I'm a child of God. That His Holy Spirit is within me. That He will never leave me or abandon me that I'm saved by the blood of Jesus, by His death on the cross and resurrection from the grave. 1 Corinthians 15 says, I want to remind you the gospel I preached to you, which you received, and on which you have taken your stand. On which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you were saved, that He died for our sins, that He was buried, that He rose on the third day according to the Scriptures. Take your stand on the truth of God. It's not by my efforts, it's, but it's by God's free grace, what He's done. And I stand by faith. Are you able to say, if I die today, I know I would be in heaven? Not by how good I am, because I'm not. But because I trust in the salvation the Lord Jesus has given us. How do you stand? Stand firm against the devil and sin. The devil is like a roaring lion prowling around looking for someone to devour. The devil wants to destroy your life. He wants you to make stupid choices. He wants you to make uh, evil decisions. The devil is out to devour someone. But it says what? Resist him standing firm in the faith. Standing firm in the faith. And if we can't do it, God can in Isaiah 59, verse 14. Isaiah 59, verse 14. It says, uh, Justice is driven back. Righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets. Honesty cannot enter. Where? Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. 
The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. And then listen to this. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm worked salvation for him, and his own righteousness sustained him. He put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. When we fail, God sees that He needs to intervene. And He intervened through His Son, Jesus Christ, sitting in the earth, going to the cross. He saw that there was no one to stand in the gap, so God took matters into His own hands, sending Jesus Christ. But once you and I believe, once you and I are saved, forgiven, once you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit, then God wants us to be mighty spiritual warriors who stand by the power of of His Spirit. And so while Isaiah talks about God putting on this armor, He wants you as a Christian to put on that armor. As it says in Ephesians chapter 6 and in verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against rulers, against flesh and blood, not against the rulers, against the authorities, against... Oh, i got to slow down and pay attention here. So you take your stand against the devil's schemes, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. He wants us to be mighty warriors who prepare to do spiritual battle. But it's His battle. He's the one who does the battle. He wants us to trust Him to make it happen. It's important to stand in your faith and trust God to act in a great way. And one of the first times this happened was when the people of Israel in Exodus 14 left slavery. Pharaoh pursued them with his chariots and they were pinned against the Red Sea and they thought it was all over because they knew they couldn't do anything on their own. But in Exodus 14, verse 13, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Never see again. The Lord will fight for you. And you need only to be still. Only to be still. How do we stand? Stand firm in faith. Stand against the devil and against evil. Stand in a new life of faith also, doing the things that please God. 
1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, says, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. There's a lot of work and labor we have to do make a living, keep things running, the economy going, and, and our own economy going. And we need to do that work, need to do that labor. And that labor passes away. But he says the work we do in the Lord never, never is in vain. Everything God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. It calls us to have a life that's motivated by love for God and love for others. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 says, Be on your guard, stand a lot about what that is. Do everything in love. Do everything in love. To stand firm in faith, to stand firm against the devil and against evil, to stand firm in doing the things that please God, loving God, and loving one another. It says, God says, I look for a man to build up the wall and to stand in the gap. But I found none. What does it mean to stand in the gap? You know, many people, many people get saved, but many stay immature in their faith. Babies in their belief. Many believers conform to the world. Even some of the godly men of the Bible, some of the godly men of the Bible did not get up and stand in the gap. Even though they believed. Lot was a righteous man. He believed in God. He trusted in God, but he did not stand in the gap in his own home. And his daughters lived wickedly. He lived wickedly. Raised up a descendants who were the enemies of the people of God in Moab and Amnon. Eli was a priest of God, a godly man, used by God in great ways. He did not stand in the gap in his home, and his sons lived wickedly, and he did nothing to stop it. He raised up Samuel, and Samuel had two sons. Same thing. In the home, he did not stand up in the gap. And his sons lived wickedly, and Samuel did not do Enough to put a stop to it. King David, a man after God's own heart, failed to stand in the gap in his home. And three of his four oldest sons were wicked pieces of work that are probably in hell right now because he did not stand in the gap in his own home. We need men to stand in the gap in our nation in our community, in our church, in our schools. But most of all, we need to have men to stand in the gap at home. Like Joshua, who said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm making that choice. He was the leader of the whole nation, but he knew where it all started. For me and my house. That's where it starts. We will serve the Lord. Spiritual men who stand in the gap and love their wives more than themselves. What a rare thing. But it's a godly thing. A godly thing. Who hold fast to marriage. 
The prophet Malachi, the last one in the Old Testament, God spoke through him and says, Has not the Lord made them one? In flesh and in spirit they are His, and why one? Because He was seeking godly offspring. That the children be raised up to know Christ, to know God. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. I hate divorce, says the Lord God of Israel. And later in the book of Malachi, it talks about He's going to send somebody ahead of the Messiah in the spirit of Elijah, John the Baptist. And Malachi says this one who's going to come and proclaim the Messiah, He's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And when Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, was in the temple and the angel Gabriel appeared before him, Gabriel said to him, Your son is one who's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children so that the fathers stand in the gap, stand firm in faith, and say, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What kind of godly, holy man Stands in the gap. It's one who trusts in the Lord Jesus. It's one who walks with God. Who prays for his wife, for his children. Who leads the family in prayer. Who leads the family in the study of the Word. Who takes them to Sunday school and to church worship. Who orders his life around the Lord Jesus. Who seeks to please God in all he does. In his thoughts, in his words. His actions, His work, His wealth, His time. God says in Ezekiel 22, I look for somebody to build up the walls and to stand in the gap. I look for somebody to build up the walls and to stand in the gap. Not just stand in the gap, but build up walls. Walls protect, keep secure, keep safe. Let me parallel this with Isaiah chapter 60, verse 18. Where it says, your walls will be called salvation and your gates praise. Your walls salvation and your gates praise. Our salvation is the wall to keep us secure. To know that there is not anyone or any power that can snatch us from Christ Jesus' hands, that can take us out of the Father's hands. God's too big. Too powerful to let that happen. But it's not just about our own salvation. If you're saved, if I'm saved, if we are saved, then there should be a desire for others to be saved and experience that great salvation. That we might build up the walls of salvation in the family, in the household, for all in the home. A desire of prayer, a teaching that they come to personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That we have a desire for our neighbors, for our friends. That they come to a personal relationship with God. That we have this desire even for our worst enemies. The people that treat us most badly. That we'd have a desire and a love for them. To know Christ. To know His mercy. To know His grace. Psalm 106 tells about Israel making the golden calf while they wandered in the desert. It says they exchanged their glory for an image of a bull which eats grass. 
They forgot the God who saved them. So He said He would destroy them. Had not Moses, His chosen one, stood in the breach before God to keep His wrath from destroying them. It's saying Moses stood in the gap. He said, Lord, don't destroy them. In fact, Moses said, Lord, blot my name out of the book. In other words, he's saying, take away my salvation, but don't destroy them. Now, Moses couldn't do that because Moses was a sinful man like anybody else. Only the sinless man could trade for our salvation. Moses said, take my life, blot my name out of the book. God said, I can't do that, Moses. Not going to work. But God did. Spare the people of Israel. Like God, Moses had a driving desire to see others saved. It was more important to him than his own salvation. That's a rare thing too. We like, oh man, I'm glad I'm saved. Aren't you glad you're saved going to heaven? That's a great thing. Why would you want to not have that? For the sake of somebody else? Paul was the same way as Moses. In Romans 9, verse 3, he says, I wish that I was accursed for the sake of my people. I wish I could go to hell if they might be saved. But Paul knew that wasn't the case. And so he said in Romans 10, verse 1, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. This is what motivated him. And so he said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 11, Since, since we know what it is to fear God, we try to persuade people. The love of Christ controls us, compels us, moves us, drives us along that we might be ambassadors to tell them of this great salvation that they might believe and be saved. You want to see our nation changed? That's nice. You should go vote. You should have uh, uh, political opinions that you hold dearly. But you want to see our nation changed? Win souls. Win souls. You want to see our community transformed? Lead people to Christ. You want to see our church strengthened? Win souls. You want to see our schools turned around? Win your friends to Christ. Win souls. You want to see our homes as they should be. It begins at home, in marriages, in children, that all might be one. And the Bible tells us, he who wins souls is wise. And he who turns many to righteousness will shine forever like the stars. Like the stars. The walls are salvation. Build up the walls. Build up the wall. Stand in the gap. A gate can be a gap in the walls. And it says the gates are praise. Isaiah 28, verse 6 says, God is a source of strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. The gates are praise. The gap is a place for Praise and thanksgiving. What's that got to do with battling? 
You know what? In sports of all kinds, in sports of all kinds, the best performances come out by athletes who are relaxed and confident. You can see this. You see it. You get in a basketball game, somebody could be whipping up on somebody, and they know they got the game won. And so what happens? They can't miss. Woo! They just keep shooting and it goes through. Because they are relaxed and confident. Or in a race, when a person's got a, quite a distance on the rest of them, it's, it's all the easier just to kick it in with everything you got. Man, I got this one. Because I'm relaxed and I'm confident. The battle's at the gate. God's looking for someone to stand in the gap. The gates are praised. What does that mean? When you're relaxed and confident in God. When you're able to rest in the power of God. When you know the, the truth that the victory's already won. No matter what you see around you in our world, in our nation, in our community, no matter what you see, the absolute truth is God is still God. He's on His heavenly throne. He's in His holy temple. Not phased in the least. And He's already won the victory through the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gates are praised. When you rest and relax in His will, then you can kick back and live life simply praising and thanking God for His salvation, His greatness, His power, His love, His holiness, His righteousness, His goodness, His mercy, His grace. In the time of Ezekiel, God said, I looked. I looked for someone among them who would build up the walls and stand in the gap. But I didn't find anybody. I didn't find anybody. As believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, God is looking for us to stand in the gap and to build up the walls, to build up the walls of salvation, to win souls, to stand in the gap, to turn the battle back at the gate. How? With praise and thanks, confident that our God reigns. And nobody can change that. The victory is His. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank You, Lord. Power and truth of Your Word. We thank You, Lord, for Your goodness to us. Help us to live lives knowing that You're the, the victor and that we have the victory by faith. That we can live our lives in praise and thanks to You. Love for others. Desire to lead them to Christ. Help us to build up the walls of salvation and win souls. Help us to stand in the gap at the gates with praise and thanks for the victory you've already won. Pray it in Christ's name. Amen.